welcome to the Women's Football Podcast for our look at the beautiful game from the Champions League to the National League and beyond. My name is Chess Warren and joining me this week we have Watford FC's own Georgia Clifford and also the Telegraph women's football reporter Tom Gary. It is brilliant to have you both on this week. Thank you so much both of you for coming on. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah, real pleasure. Nice to speak to you all. Brilliant. Looking back at the midweek results in the WSL, Chelsea continued their march in the face of field of adversity by winning 3-0 away at Everton. The game was done in the first half an hour with goals from Sam Kerr, Guru Wrighton and Erin Cuthbert. Emma Hayes just called it business as usual. Chelsea could leapfrog Arsenal at the top of the table if they beat London rivals Tottenham in their game in hand against Spurs on Wednesday. The Toffees have now failed to score in each of their last eight league matches against the Blues, a record for a single side against another in the WSL. Manchester City, on the other hand, left it late before they got past Reading. A rare goal from Demi Stokes broke the deadlock with 18 minutes remaining. Lauren Helm completed the scoring after Ellen White's effort was parried in her path by Grace Maloney. The winless City, who still have a game in hand on third place Manchester United, above Tottenham into fourth. Now, Gareth Taylor's side have now won at 12 of their last 14 matches in all competitions, including each of their last five since losing to Chelsea at the beginning of February. And the defeat also stretches Reading's winless WSL run to five games. And lastly, and potentially the most important game of these midweek fixtures, Manchester United's bid for a place in the Champions League took a blow after Grace Fisk scored a dramatic injury time equaliser for West Ham. The United skipper, Katie Zellum, had to cover as a centre-back as the Red Devils' backline is currently riddled with injuries. It was also revealed centre-back Aoife Mannion has had further surgery on an underlying ACL injury. Ella Toon opened the scoring in the pouring rain with an overhead kick from close range shortly after half-time. But Fisk rose the highest to latch on to Katarina Svitkova's corner to equalise in the 93rd minute. Now, Tom, what an interesting midweek in the WSL. That last minute equaliser really has changed the race for that third place Champions League spot. What did you think of it all? Yeah, it's a completely pivotal night, um, Jess, for, for the Champions League race. Um, and that, that, that those two points slipping out of Manchester United's hands in stoppage time, I think will be really costly for them now. Um, we saw at the start of the season the injuries hitting Manchester City with so many players out when they were very unfortunate. And now, um, perhaps on the complete contrast of that, now Manchester United are also unfortunately having injuries that are a really key part of the season. Um, Ethan Mannion, Millie Turner, Hayley Ladd, Lucy Staniforth, um, and, and, and Sigurd Brune had a knock recently as well. But particularly Mannion and Turner are such big losses um, at the back. And to concede a set from a set piece in stoppage time and drop two points there, I think that's it's going to be really difficult to to see that not costing them a place in the in the top three. Um, all the momentum is with Manchester City. They've been in fantastic form since Christmas when the likes of Lucy Bronze and Ellie Roebuck um, returned to fitness. Um, looking at their fixtures, Man City they've not got any games left against anybody in the top five. So you can make a case for Man City winning all of their remaining league games. And, and given that Manchester United have got to go to Chelsea on the final game of the season as well, for me, I mean, I've, I've um, 
predicted this all year and um, I know others have understandably disagreed even when they were ninth in the table but for me I've always felt Man City would eventually end up in the top three and I think with that result in the midweek um, it's really looking like that will happen now and uh, that was a really pivotal really pivotal midweek set of fixtures. It really closes the gap doesn't it? Another team you've mentioned there is Chelsea now, Georgia, Chelsea have had to come back from quite a few games that they had in hand but did need to win to make up those points advantage over Arsenal. As a player, would you find that pressure distracting, knowing that you still need to pick up points and make no mistakes? Or are you able to put that all to one side and do you think they just focus on one game at a time? I think it's really important as players as and in coaching staff to make sure players are only focusing on the game in hand. I think if you keep looking down the line and road and thinking, okay, if we don't win this, then this is not going to happen further on in the season. But for every game, your mentality needs to be this week is all about the game for on Sunday or on Wednesday or midweek, whenever it is. Um, It is hard knowing, obviously I'm in that situation with Watford as well. Like you always looking at the longer and the bigger picture But as a player, you need to, and as a group of players, you need to say, okay, every game is a new game. Once one game's gone, you put it behind you and then you're on to the next one. You can't be looking at two or three games ahead when you've got a big game coming up on the weekend. So I think it's really important that they focus on every single game each week. Hmm. Now onto the FA Cup. There was the quarterfinal action this weekend. It all started on Friday evening as Arsenal took on the championship's bottom side, Coventry United. Now, the championship strugglers held firm for 38 minutes before Stina Blackstenius gave Arsenal the lead with a header. Arsenal squandered plenty of chances before Beth Mead doubles Arsenal's lead and Nikita Paris added a third just four minutes later. Viviana Miedemar capped off the scoring with a fourth to complete a comfortable victory for the Gunners. She also provided us a wonderful reaction image that's been circulating around Twitter. I wonder if she's still friends with the Arsenal Twitter admin after that. They have kind of been making a bit of a joke of her recently, but I like it. It's all lighthearted. <laughs> now, Georgia, after the troubles that Coventry have faced this season, do you think they could be proud of this cup run? Definitely, yes. Um, I mean... Playing uh, as a championship side, you always want to compete against WSL sides. That is the aim. Anytime you get drawn a WSL side, it, obviously it's daunting, but you're always you always seem to step up to that challenge. Um, and to only lose four 0 against a top side, they should be really proud of that from the situation they've come from for Christmas as well. And I mean, they've they've had a good win of uh, run of wins at the moment as well, so they should be proud of. Um, their achievements lately and obviously it's just a nice away day for them a nice experience and a nice a nice kind of experience to come together as a group and push on in the league it seems a real shame isn't it that the increase in prize money um, that has now been announced will kind of pass Coventry by especially with the financial issues that they're having at the moment hopefully they'll be able to continue that whether they're in the National League or the Championship or wherever they are in the seasons to come but Tom for Arsenal though this would have been a big banana peel if they hadn't won but as we have consulted Birmingham before it isn't like it isn't like they've never slipped up does it show that they have class to pull this off in such a decisive fashion? I think um, what it shows with Arsenal at the moment is, is the strength in depth that they've got with the options they've got on their bench. It's frightening now at the moment. I mean, uh, it's just full of world-class internationals throughout the entire squad. So uh, I, I think 
they had a blip over the winter. Perhaps that's understandable. It's not always possible to be at your best all the way through a whole campaign. Uh, and the Birmingham defeat that you mentioned, um, that was a very strange performance. Arsenal were really subdued that day. I was there in January and they didn't look themselves at all. But since then, they have been excellent. They're playing some really nice football. The Miedemar black Stenius combination up front is frightening. I think that's going to cause Wolfsburg all sorts of problems in the upcoming Champions League game. And yeah, the record 14 times when it's in the cup, they march on again to the semi-finals. It just it seems that they're a constant in the latter stages of this cup and it doesn't look like stopping anytime soon. Elsewhere in the Sunday fixtures, the final National League team in the competi- competition, Ipswich, bowled out in a valiant effort at home against West Ham. The sold-out Gold Star ground hosted the Hammers and the only thing that separated the sides was a first-half goal from Loney Lisa Evans. Now, Tom, you were at the game. What did you think of the atmosphere and the resilience of Ipswich playing against an established WSL side? What did you think of the fixture? Yeah, first of all, terrific atmosphere. It was great to see the Gold Star ground packed out. Really good for the women's game. And uh, it was it was a classic cup tie feel, you know, every vantage point was taken, some people leaning on the fence, you know, in the trees, just crambling around everywhere they could around the pitch to get a view. It was good atmosphere. Um, the game itself, uh, I mean, Ipswich worked tirelessly. They, they, it was a performance to be proud of from a third tier team. Um, but really, really, West Ham controlled the game. Uh, it's to Ipswich's credit that they held West Ham to just a single goal. That was down to their hard work. But on the other end of the pitch, Ipswich never really laid a glove on West Ham at the other end. So if, if there was one thing they'll be a tiny bit disappointed about, it was that they never really tested uh, Mackenzie Arnold. However, a performance to be proud of. And if you only have to look at the other results in the quarterfinals and how the WSL and Championship sides fared against... WCL opposition to see how well they did to um, restrict it to 1 0. You know, shocks in the Women's FA Cup are very rare. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to cover the competition for something like eight, nine years, and uh, it's really hard to think of any examples of a WCL side getting knocked out by uh, an amateur or semi professional, you know, third tier or lower. It's just, it just really rare for that to happen. So, um, but the gap's closing as, as we've seen today. I thought Ipswich were excellent um, and they will be pleased by the performance, they're sh- by the improvements they've shown. So a couple of years ago, they reached the fifth round and they got beaten 10-0 at Man City and the improvements on their performance today was was tenfold. They were, they were, they looked, uh, compared to that game, they looked so much more physical, so much more athletic. They were tactically mature in their in their pressing and the shape they had defensively. And I think there was a lot to be encouraged for them as they now push on to try and get promotion. They're still top of the table in the southern section of the third tier and they've got a really good chance along with the likes of Southampton, Oxford and, and Wolves and a few others of, of getting promoted. So good luck to them. They, they, they really did well today. As you mentioned then, Ipswich are top of the National League South. Hopefully they're on track to receive promotion for the championship if they win their playoff with the National League North winner. Georgia, are you excited to play an up-and-coming side like this or any new team when they come into the league that you're playing in? Oh, definitely. Um, It's always a challenge for the team coming up because obviously they've not experienced and I think is such a massive difference from uh, the National League to the Championship. And then again, there's another massive jump into the WSL. So I think one, they will be shocked. 
but they will come in fighting whoever comes up. They will be raring to go at any championship side. And being a championship side, when you get new teams come up, I mean, Watford were a new team this year. Everyone kind of looks at you as, oh, they've, they've only just come up. Uh, who have they recruited? Are they going to be strong enough? Um, so it's always exciting because obviously this year, like when you come up, you want to be the underdog. You want people to think, okay, well, they've just come up. They're not an established team. Um, but for most teams, they can turn that around and really give other teams in the championship that are established a real hard fought battle. So, yeah, it will be exciting to play whoever comes up. You talk about strength there. How important it is, is it for the sport as a whole to strengthen all areas of the footballing pyramid, not just the top levels? And for a player, is there any kind of insight you can give us of how you think that they're able to do that, both with investment across the board and also the move towards professional clubs? I think it's, I don't think people realise how big of a jump it is from each league. Um it's a massive where you look well you look at um the cup results whenever we come up against a WSL team you just presume that they're gonna win um like Tom said that you don't rarely see a um a championship or a national league or lower beat um a WSL team so I think it's really important that people do know that there's complete uh difference and when you come up into any um league it's always a new physical challenge I mean the fitness levels from national league to championship to then WSL are just beyond too far at the moment but the gaps are getting smaller which is amazing to see the game the women's game is growing which is fantastic we're getting more publicity um, we're getting more funding which is fantastic to see because obviously when I was growing up you didn't really see that so now we can inspire the younger generation and hopefully they can get treated how we deserve to be treated and the recognition that women's football deserves. So it's, it's really exciting times. Um, I just hope that it keeps going that way. Yeah, you definitely need to keep that momentum. I mean, we've seen it in um, the men's FA Cup run this season, obviously the championship team, uh, Middlesbrough knocking out both Manchester United and also Tottenham. And so if you're seeing it happen elsewhere, it's the question of why can't it, if we can yeah, bring up the levels, we? why yeah. can't we also do as well? Tom, have you got anything to say on that? In terms of why we don't see more shocks in, in the Cups, do you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the simple um, reality is that in, in the men's side of things, you know, teams as low as the fifth division are, playing, are training full time. Whereas, you know... Uh, as not everybody in our second division is, is, is training full time. So you, um, there is a, a big gap in terms of the resources. And I mean, Ipswich, for example, today, um, I believe they've got 10 contracted players, but some of them have day jobs. Uh, you know, Natasha Thomas, I spoke to after the game, for example, is a personal trainer in, in the daytime and, and, and training for Ipswich when she can, you know. So um, that, to give West Ham a fully professional side a run for their money, you know, was impressive. And I think that's probably the main reason why we... We don't see many shots. What I, what I really want to add about Ipswich, and I think it's a message for a lot of the WSL clubs, um, is, is the attendance today of 2000 at Ipswich was very good, but that's not actually that rare for them. You know, that, that, that's not the first time they've sold out the Gold Star. It's not uncommon for them to get a thousand people at the Gold Star Stadium in Felixstowe for, for Ipswich in, in tier three. And, you know, I've been at WSL games this season at, at clubs. Aston Villa, for example, at Everton, at Birmingham, where it's been in the low hundreds. You know, I was at Everton on Wednesday night, again against Chelsea, it was around 500 fans were there. And I think 
that what Ipswich and other teams around them are doing um, is, you know, showing them what needs to be done. More, more needs to be done to, to, to put, get get more more people into the games because that's that's terrific support for a tier three side. We see teams in the championship with great turnouts every week, and there are a few WSL clubs who just need to up their game a little bit. I think in terms of the off the pitch marketing and spreading the message around the community because. If, if it can be done at Ipswich to regularly get a thousand people or so, why can't we do it, uh, you know, at, at some of those WSL clubs? So that was one of the really striking things today. And it's great for Ipswich, but yeah, hopefully it will inspire some of the higher league clubs to, to up their game off the pitch. 100%. It's all about getting that grassroots support there to create, create those lifelong fans that will always be coming back to the game. But elsewhere in a game with a few more goals, it was a gloriously sunny day at the Academy Stadium as City firmly cemented themselves a, a play in the semi-finals by putting four past the lacklustre Everton. The Toffees registered a whopping zero shots on target throughout the game and Lauren Hemp put the home side ahead in the 35th minute and doubled their lead just after half time. Kaz Weir's magic new nails served her well again as she struck an absolutely gorgeous rocket into the back of the net with half an hour to time. And Ellen White closed out the scoring in the dying minutes of the fixture by adding a fourth. Now, I know I sound harsh in regards to Everton. It isn't on purpose. It's just incredibly frustrating to see them fall apart, seemingly in most fixtures, when they definitely have the talent to produce better results. And I'm not even a fan of the club and I find it annoying. Tom, tell us, what do you think has gone wrong for them this season? Goodness, um, it, it was there was so much optimism, wasn't there, at the start of the season about Everton? They signed nine new players, loads of world class talent. Um, but for me, the, the mistake that the club made, huge, a huge mistake that they're still paying the price for, was sacking Willie Kirk after just five games. It was a complete overreaction um, to the fact they lost to Chelsea, Arsenal, and Manchester City. Um, and actually, after those five league games, they actually had more points from the respective fixtures. That they'd had than they had from the previous season. Um, and I think when you sign that many players, you just you need to give those players time to gel together and to then change a manager. Um, it's just really set them back completely. It didn't work out with Jean-Luc Vasseur at all. He was really unpopular with, with the squad. And it, they're now just essentially just need to regroup and rebuild from next season. It's going to feel like a real wasted season for them. Um, they had such high ambitions. It is a very talented squad. Let's not get let's not um, get this wrong. You know there is some really talented people in that in that team. I think um, it, it's just there was an expectation that's from some people behind the scenes at the club that because they spent money, it meant instant success. And that's the reality is that's just not the case. You know, think how long it's taken Chelsea and Man City to build their success over six, seven, eight years of really sustained, steady recruitment with a long-term plan. And it's it's very difficult um, to, to do that. So that's the main thing. That's where I think it went wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Um, their weakness is in defence, I think, really. that it, and, and I'm not saying, having just said what I just said, I don't think the answer is to just go and buy more players, um, but they have to strengthen in their defence. They're, they're, they're poor defensively. And it's not going to get any easier for them because they're going back to Manchester City on Wednesday again <laughs> with the league game. So... Yeah, difficult year for them. Um, Chris Roberts has steadied the ship, to be fair. Before the, these two games against Chelsea and City, they, they won three in a row um, in all comps. So they, they've improved a little bit from where they were under Jean-Luc Vasseur. But yeah, really disappointing campaign for them. And um, 
I hope they can they can improve things for next year because it's a good bunch, and they I think they just they need to give that group time to get used to each other and, and and give a manager time to really turn it around. Yeah, I think a lot of the recruitment they did, um, the big names that they signed were quite young, and I'm sure coming across into the WSL from abroad leagues also impacts that as well. Georgia, obviously, we don't know what's going on internally at Everton and. This isn't what we're suggesting at all. But as a player, how does something like poor mindset, for example, or a bad run of form or internal turmoil really at a club affect the way you play? Um, It's really hard because obviously if you do go on a, a losing streak or not having good performances or not getting the results, obviously as players, your heads automatically drop and it's up to your staff and it's up to you as individuals to get around each other um, to bring that spirit back up and get yourself out of that rut. I mean, it is really hard. Um, if, For example, for some of their games, I think their performances have been, they haven't been bad performances. They're just not getting the results. Um, and like Tom said, when you change in um, your manager as well, when you haven't given the group time to gel, um, it's really hard because they've made great sign-ins. They look on paper a strong team, but it doesn't look like they've gelled and they fully understand how each other play yet, um, which will just come with time. And I just think as well, confidence is the main thing with players. The more confidence you get, the better you play with each other, the better you link up and the better understanding you have. Um, So I just think they need to be a bit more confident in the way that they want to play and trust in the way they want to play. And that will slowly come. It just takes one game for a turning point. Um, And then once you've got that one win or that draw or getting those points on the board, that's the turning point that you all need to get around each other and say, okay, look, this is what it feels like. We don't want to go back to that, that losing, that, that rut we had. And then that brings momentum and then the confidence comes and then they'll be on flying form. Talking about, though, a team that knows each other very well, the final FA Cup quarterfinal saw Chelsea host Birmingham at Kings Meadow. Now, Birmingham held on until just before halftime when the Chelsea skipper, Magda Eriksson, headed home a goal. And after the break, it was goals galore as one from Spence, her 50th for the club, two from England and one from Neve Charles, who seems to really be cementing herself in the Chelsea side at the moment, but Chelsea 5-0 up by the 72nd minute. Now, Chelsea wrote out the end of the fixture and it ended as such. A special shout out to Drew Spence's back heel that assisted one of Beth England's goals. It was absolutely naughty. Do go and watch it back if you get the chance. That's that's two players who know each other. To know that she's going to be there to do that cheeky back heel, absolutely gorgeous in front of goal. Tom, one word for Chelsea, composure. What do you think of their performance in this fixture? especially coming out like that after half time and putting four in the back of the net in pretty quick succession. Yeah, really impressive. They've, they've had a busy run of fixtures as well, Chelsea. So they're coping with that really well. Um, and I think it's important to say that they've done a very impressive job of blanking out all of the off-field turmoil going on with the club behind the scenes. I mean, I can't really imagine what it would be like for a player, you know, to learn that you the club is is up for sale, that it's been sanctioned, that you know, and had that uncertainty, and yet they've managed to have a a winning run, you know, ever since that really kicked off. So um credit to them for that. They're doing a really professional job. They've got a lot of players back now. I mean Cuthbert back, Harder back, Ericsson back, um, which is a huge boost for them. Um 
Yeah, they're there again, aren't they? I, I, I don't know what you all think, but the FA Cup and all, all the domestic competitions, in fact, in England, um, it, they're just being completely dominated by Arsenal, mm. Man City and Chelsea. I mean, the three of them have won every piece of major silverware in this country since 2015. They're all in the semi-finals again. You know, two of them were in the final of the League Cup. Um, they could well finish as the top three again in the league. It just seems to be this, this constant domination and stranglehold. And the challenge is up to everybody else to try and to try and catch up. Um, uh, today's performance, um, I mean, it's a, a bit of a mismatch, really. Um, and from a Birmingham's point of view, it's really sad to see because, you know, 10 years ago, this was the final and Birmingham won. Um, and going five years ago, it was a semi-final that Birmingham won as well when Birmingham got to the final in 2017. So um, it's a sad indictment, I think, of Birmingham's fall from the summit of the women's game where they, where they were for quite a long period of time. But, um, and they've got a really difficult task to try and stay up in, in the writing looks to be on the wall for them, um, which, is, which is tough. But no, as for Chelsea... In answer to your question, I think they're they're a world class team. Um, I think they're going to win the title as well. Um, I I know it's really tight, but they've got a bit between their teeth now. Arsenal have got the European games to contend with, whereas Chelsea have just got you know the league to focus on. So, yeah, I think they're going to win the league, and I think they're a brilliant team. It's funny that you say that. Actually, you read you read my mind there because my next question was going to be the final four of Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea, and Man City. Is it at least unsurprising or at most frustrating that the top three of Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City are making it to the top of this com- competition again, Tom? Um, I, 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 it's not surprising um, that it was, you know, the only way I think that, you know, unless they draw each other early on, they're always going to be favourites, aren't they? That, that, and hey, it's, we also have to point out, you know, they do have vast resources compared to the other teams, you know, uh, tremendous budgets, Um but and, and then they've got fantastic players. You know, they have the best players are at those three teams. So it's not surprising. Um, is it frustrating? No, I guess not as a neutral. I don't really mind who who's who gets through. Um, it, it, I feel a bit uh, West Ham are going to have a hard semi-final, whoever they're playing. Uh, although they're in good form. So um, don't count them out. But, um, I, you know, those three are all hoping to they all want to draw West Ham let's, let's just be honest mm. about it all of them will hope to draw West Ham and avoid each other um, because they've got if you do play West Ham you know you're going to be the favourites to get through to the final that's just that's just a simple reality of it um, uh, not to say it couldn't happen that West Ham could knock one of them out they've shown they're capable West Ham beat Man City in, in the autumn for example but yeah um, the, the domination continues and I don't really see when it's going to end you know I don't it's hard to see any of these three teams, you know, dropping off um, in the foreseeable future. They, I think they're just going to keep continuing their charge for the trophies. Um, they, the squads are fantastic and they've got young players coming through as well. So I think they're here to stay. I only have to look at Spain where Barcelona are out on their own winning everything. And they're an amazing team. Of course they are. But they haven't got the domestic competition like we have. So it, it's actually a really good thing for our league that there are three teams all going for it rather than just one complete domination. So, no, um, they're, they're wonderful teams and we should just enjoy them while we can. Yeah, no, that is a good point, though, especially with the fact that they are at least playing each other and it isn't just that there is one single team that's completely dominating the league. But from a player's perspective, though, 
Birmingham couldn't control the stacked 3-5-2 attacking Chelsea. Chelsea have an incredible side with world-class players. Now, Georgia, as a defender, when you're faced with that sort of level of talent that the Chelsea side hold, how would you go about kind of preparation for your game? You don't have to give all of your secrets away. It would just be nice to hear some insight from a player. I think you... Uh, well, me personally, I always thrive off when you know you're coming up against hard oppositions because one, it, it tests you. You're going to see how good of a player you are. Um, and also, I think, yeah, it's daunting. Obviously, you're playing against world-class players. But as a back four, when you're defending, there's something in the lead up to that game, knowing that you're going to be playing against well, you all. I think you all just train harder. You don't, I mean, it's not like we go to training and we're like, okay, we're going to train hard today. But it just feels like a different atmosphere when you're coming up against those big teams. You train harder. Um, you're more excited in the fact that you're playing a, t- a, well, a world-class team, but also the fact that, yeah, you're going to be tested. You know you're not going to be, look, you're not going to stop them every single time, but the confidence you get from stopping like your first tackle is, is such a massive confidence booster and it's such an amazing game to play in. Um, and I think it sets you up as well for the rest of your season as well, because you get the confidence from playing those world-class teams. So, yeah, I, I personally thrive when I know I'm coming up against a big team. Um, but, yeah, that's just me. If I can do it, you can do it. Get support to start the fight back to a healthier you. Download the free Couch to 5K app now. Better health. Let's do this. In the championship, though, it's fair to say that it wasn't a goal fest, apart from at Chesterfield, where Sunderland picked up a massive 4-1 win away at Sheffield United. It started well for the home side, with Sophie Bradley Auckland giving the Blades the lead. A double from Emily Scar gave Sunderland a half-time lead, and they added two more in the second half through Maria Fariga and Emma Kelly. The standout result of the day was Georgia's own Watford winning 1-0 against London City Lionesses thanks to a goal from Chiara Miola on the hour mark. This result now moves Watford nine points clear of Coventry who are at the bottom of the table and London City Lionesses are now winless in four games and are down to fourth. Now, Georgia, this was a vital result for your girls, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. If you could have been on the sideline when the final whistle went. Oh, what what a feeling. Honestly, I was so proud of the girls, every single one of them. Um, it's it's one of those ones, it's we've not been performing bad. Like we've been performing so well, we've just been getting unlucky. Um, and the fact that we got our first uh win today and it was at Vicarage Road, it was really special. Um, and I'm just so proud of everyone apart everyone in the team staff um, background staff the players um, yeah it was a massive win as you mentioned there the game was played at Vicarage Road so how much of a boost was it playing at a venue like that it's always special to play at um, your home ground the men's ground Um, it just makes it such a more rememberable and special game I mean the pitch is amazing the facilities are amazing so you just walk in and you just want to win um, the pitch was set up beautifully as well. It, it suits the way we want to play. Um, yeah, it was just fantastic. And the atmosphere, I think we had our set, most um, amount of crowd there today. I think it was over a thousand. So that was fantastic as well. So thank you to everyone that came out and supported us. So yeah, it was it was just fantastic. All day, very good day. Brilliant. 
And in terms of yourself as well, I know that you suffered the dreaded ACL injury late on in 2021. Now, because of it, do you feel that your role in the team has changed a little bit, being that level of support too, whilst you're coming back and getting yourself the strength to play? Do you feel like you've become more of a support for the rest of the girls? Yeah, definitely. It's always hard being a player and being injured. Um, You don't, obviously you're in the gym doing your rehab whilst they're on the training pitch. So it's always hard. I mean, the girls have been fantastic and so have the staff, but it is always hard to still feel included and a part of the team um, in the sense, because you're not training, you're not there listening to all the banter and what's going on. Um, Obviously we have our separate rehab stuff, but um, I think it's really important though, to stay positive when you're injured and be supportive of your team and at the moment I um, actually do some analysis for the team so I talk to individuals girls give them what I can give um, because I want to feel a part and feel like I'm helping them I can't help them on the pitch at the moment but I can help them off the pitch and give them that um, information from a player's perspective um, which I'm really enjoying and the girls are really appreciating so it's nice to feel that I'm doing something that's making an impact on the pitch which is just fantastic. Do you think that that mental side of a rehabilitation of a long-term injury is just as important as a physical side? I would say even more important if I'm going to be honest it's you can always physically come back it's whether mentally you can come back um I mean mental health is something I feel that everyone should talk more about I I'm personally very open about it and when I struggle with it if I have down days I will go speak to our sports psychologist um and it's really important to be positive I found because this is my second ACL I know what's kind of what what's in turn so everything I do I do it with a positive attitude and I just think I will be back on that pitch when I'm ready to be back on the pitch. There's no need to rush it. There's no need to get down on myself. Um, And I think it's really good to have a good support system with you as well, like your family, your friends, obviously the coaching staff um, that you can be able to speak about. Obviously injury is tough. It it always is. I'm always going to have a down day. I can't say that I've gone through it flying, that it's it's been all butterflies and rainbows. Um, But yeah, I just think, mentally it's harder physically I'm at the stage where I'm ready to start running um which I'm really excited about um and I've just been doing jumps and everything which physically I'm able to do but it was getting over the mental side of that to be able to trust my body and trust in that knee that I can make those jumps so I personally think mentally is more important well not more important because obviously physically you need to be up to scratch but people underestimate the mental side of um of rehab which is just as important do you think the use of sports psychologists as well and that other kind of like aftercare and care part of the club has has become more kind of mainstream in the last couple of years or have you have you found that they've they've kind of always been there is it more accepted now I think it's more accepted now um which obviously is it's not great that it's only just kind of been accepted um I think more clubs are now having them. Like, obviously, when I was younger, not all clubs had sports psychologists. We, the women clubs didn't have the budget for that. But it's great that the women's game is growing so that we now have to have one and we're, that's budgeted. So it's really good. I think it's really important. Even if you're like, there's some days that I will speak to my sports psychologist and I'm absolutely fine. I've had a really good day, but I just feel like I need to speak to her because 
we might say something that might trigger something or I might not be feeling but it's kind of underlying lying so I think it's really important that it everyone feels comfortable and that it's okay to to say mentally it is hard we it is a mentally hard job to be a footballer it is hard you're gonna have your ups you're gonna have your downs but that is okay that is absolutely fine and it's okay to let people know that you're not okay um so I think it's fantastic that more people feel comfortable to come out and speak about it um it's obviously just a shame that people didn't feel comfortable before to speak about it but I think it's really positive that it's now seen as an a thing that people can speak about it's really insightful thank you very much for that thank you for that answer the other two games in the championship were goalless Liverpool were held at home by Charlton and Lewis drew nil-nil at home to Durham Bristol City didn't play so that means that Liverpool extended their lead to eight points in the National League the Northern Division saw Wolves extend their lead at the top of the table as they won 4-0 at Middlesbrough goals from Amber Hughes a double from Anna Morfitt and Marie Gauntlet gave the Wolves a convincing win up on Teesside. Both Derby and AFC filed slipped further down behind Wolves. Derby lost 3-1 at home to Brighouse, while Fylde drew 2-2 at West Brom. Hull City claimed their first league win of the season as they thumped Sheffield 4-0, thanks to doubles from Helen Linsky and Rachel Ackroyd. In the South, with leaders Ipswich in the FA Cup action and Oxford United not playing, Southampton moved within 10 points of the side from Suffolk as they won 4-0 away at Cardiff City. Lucia Kendall was the hero as she bagged a hat-trick and Ella Pousset added a fourth to make it look like an exciting run at the end of the season. Gillingham remained in fourth as they drew 1-1 at Chichester and Selsey which was a vital point for the home side who remain in relegation trouble. Plymouth Argyle thumped MK Dons 5-1. Hunslow grabbed their second and third goals of the season, but they also still lost to Canesham. And Crawley Wasps had their sting taken out of them by Bridgewater United, who won 2-1. Let's look ahead to the Champions League and the competition restarts again with the quarterfinals. You can watch all of the Champions League quarterfinals on the DAZN YouTube channel for free. They have commentary in English and then also streams with commentary of the native languages of the teams. Now, on Tuesday, it's Bayern Munich against PSG and the big all-Spanish clash between Real Madrid and Barcelona. Tom, how do you see those games panning out? Well, uh, Bayern PSG is beautifully poised. That could be... Um, very close to call I, th- I think PSG might just edge it but that's really tight whereas the Barcelona Real Madrid I think will be um, a very convincing uh, win for Barcelona I think they're, they're a level above Real Madrid at the moment um, and they're going to be backed by this magnificent crowd at the Camp Nou um, for the reverse leg so um, I yeah if we, it's uh, if we have had to say two teams to go through I'd be saying Barcelona and PSG and um, but the the P- Bayern PSG tie should be an absolute cracker for the neutral mm. I have to say I have bagged my ticket now finally for the um, cl- the clash at the Camp Nou and I'm very very excited to oh, watch that be well part there. of that as a neutral yeah no Thank I you. have done very well what property those tickets so well done to you 
tell me about it tell me about it I'm always I'm always active on the women's football pod group chat they were a couple came up and I snatched them up straight away as soon as I could but Georgia do you get excited for games like the El Clasico are, are they as fun to watch as they are to play in and for you what is your El Clasico oh yeah definitely any to be any game women's game I'm excited for um especially when you see big teams compete against other um renowned teams it's it's such a thrilling time and also the fact that more people are getting into women's football so they're getting excited for it as well and there's more of a buzz around it people are talking about it so it's it is really exciting for women's football at the moment um I mean I disagree with um Tom's who he thinks gonna go through but um (laughs) we shall see I don't I, I just don't know if the PSG I I'm gonna I don't think they're gonna win that game I just have a feeling. Um, But yeah, no, those games are really exciting to watch. And also I think women's football outside the UK is growing massively as well. And it's, it's a different kind of football as well. I just love watching the teams play. So yeah, Mm. I'm very excited. And on Wednesday as well, it's Juventus versus Lyon and Arsenal take on Wolfsburg, which will be played at the Emirates Stadium. Now, Wolfsburg maintained their one-point lead over Bayern in the Bundesliga. Now, Georgia, we put the WSL on a high pedestal, but barring Chelsea, who reached the final in the last season, the WSL teams have kind of disappointed. Chelsea haven't even made it through to the quarterfinal stages. How do you reckon Arsenal's chances are? Can they do it against Wolfsburg? Yeah, I think they can. I mean, they're, they've got a home advantage, um, which is always nice. Um, they've been on a good form at the moment as well. Um, they've got, they're always very exciting to watch. And I just feel like they, they've they always got something next to give, if you know. I mean, they they're always got more to give and they always make games exciting. Um, but yeah, I think they can do it. I think having a home crowd there as well will be fantastic um, for people to go and watch. Um, I think it will be a hard game. It will be a different kind of game from watching them play in the WSL, but it it will still be a very good game to watch. Um, and I do think they can do it. I just think they need to come together as a team and just play how they normally play. I think sometimes players put pressure on themselves because it, it's a bigger competition and um, it is nerve-wracking going into those competitions. But if they just play how they have been playing, they should be all right and they should get a result. It'll also be really interesting to see the former gunner, Jill Rord, back at the Emirates for sure and see how she plays against her former teammates. Juventus as well are kind of the new kids on the block and they take on serial winners of the Champions League, Leon. Joe Montemuro, the new Juve manager, seems to be settling in well. Can you see some upset here, Tom, or do you think Leon have got it in the bag? Oh, I, I mean, Montemiro is doing a brilliant job at Juventus. Um, they're really improving. We saw we saw that with, in the group stages, how, how how they're growing almost week on week in this competition. It's a really tough ask against, against Leon, um, but I think that they'll be closer to them than than last season when when they met um, earlier on in the competition. So, I would probably say Leon just, but I think Juve will make a real go of it. They're really improving side um, and the finals in Turin, of course. So that's huge motivation for, for um, Juventus. Um, they're a great addition to the competition and the fact they've been playing their Champions League games, all of them at their main 
uh, Allianz, you know, Juventus Stadium has been a huge boost for the competition. It's an absolutely fabulous stadium. They've had great turnouts there for all of their games. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're good for the competition. But I, I would, I think, Leon, my instinct is that Leon will just to get through there. Um, and uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm with Georgia on Arsenal. I think they've got a tremendous chance. Um, you know, we can't underestimate Wolfsburg. Really solid in this competition. You know, been to the final five times, won it twice. And they've got incredible threats like Vasmuth and, and, and such a strong, reliable team. But Arsenal have really improved. Um, uh, the January business was superb. And um, I, I think they've got a really good opportunity. I'm very lucky to be going to both legs um, for the Telegraph. And I think I think that'll be a terrific, terrific quarterfinal. Um, but kind of onto a hide into nothing because whoever gets through will play Barcelona in the semi-final when... <laughs> Sort of yeah, that kind of seems like a bit of a way. dead end, doesn't it? <laughs> Unfortunately, I fear it will be, yeah. We also have some really important WSL games in the week. On Wednesday, Manchester City repeat their weekend activities by taking on Everton at the Academy Stadium. Now, this will be a really interesting fixture to see whether they can cut down on that goal difference between them and Manchester United, which is going to be really crucial in the race for top three. And Tottenham also undergo a trip to Kings Meadow to see if they can pull vital points away from Chelsea in the Blues pursuit of the WSL title. If Chelsea win, they go top of the WSL. Tom, do you think Arsenal will have a big eye on this fixture? Their North London rivals have a chance of saving them the WSL title. I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, um, I certainly Arsenal will be hoping for a Tottenham um, result there. I mean, this these are, this is one of the the three big Chelsea games that will decide the title. Um, they've got to play Tottenham twice and, and Manchester United on the final day. Um, and from Arsenal's point of view, it's sort of out of their hands, really. If Chelsea win all of Chelsea's games, Chelsea will win the league. So um, I, I the difficulty with this game is that for, from Chelsea's point of view, Tottenham didn't have a game this weekend in the Cups. Tottenham will be fresher. Um, they're so hard to break down. I think it'll be a really difficult game for Chelsea, but my instinct is that Chelsea will win. I, as I sort of said earlier, I do think Chelsea will, will win the title just. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal are going to kick themselves at the end of the season, I think, that they lost at Birmingham for me um, because Arsenal have done the hard work to win this title. Arsenal have taken four points off Chelsea. Arsenal have taken four points off Man City and Arsenal have taken four points off Man United. Um, if you do that against your three closest title rivals, you should win the league. Um, but they, for some for strange reasons, I still don't quite understand. They just didn't really turn up at Birmingham in January. Now, Birmingham are brilliant, don't get me wrong. But that game is looks like it could cost Arsenal the league uh, as it stands. Um, I've gone off a real tangent there, haven't I? But no, in answer to your question, do I think Arsenal will have an eye on that game? No, they'll definitely be fully focused on Wolfsburg, but... As soon as they get back in that changing room, I think they'll be they'll be trying to check the score for sure. Um, but I think Chelsea will win, and um, I think the tougher game for Chelsea is the away trip to Tottenham um, in a couple of weeks' time. So yeah, really interesting weeks ahead. But this is um, no Arsenal will be fully focused on uh, on the Wolfsburg task for sure. 
that is it for today many many thanks to tom and georgie you've both been brilliant thank you so much for coming on and also i just want to mention before we wrap it up today that you can follow georgia's rehab on her instagram page at georgia l clifford so definitely give that a follow don't forget to follow us as well on twitter (laughs) at twfp1 and on instagram at the women's football podcast i post memes when they let me do it through the group chat that's all I'm kind of saying through that. Give us a like and leave us a review. Make sure it's a five-star one. We'll see you all very, very soon. 